Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, here we go. Bo Rude is with me. He's not physically with me, but you know what? Bo Rude's always with me in spirit. Even even when we're not together, he's with me, but he's with me via FaceTime from North Platte. You're not at Danny Woodhead's house. You are at a hotel in, in North Platte. How are, how's gorgeous North Platte as you ga- gaze off into the a hotel window right now? You know, it's actually uh, it's actually kind of pretty when you get, the, you know, the hills start rolling a little bit more the farther west you go and like, I, I've kind of enjoyed it. I drove around the, the, the town last night and kind of just checked things. I never really had, like, drove around North Platte. No. Like, I just went right to the hospitals or whatever, and I just had never done the, like, what does North Platte look like? It's kind of got a cool little downtown area. I've never – so North Platte, the only time I remember going to North Platte was when we played them in basketball. And do you remember playing yeah. on their gym? Their gym was like a stage. Do you remember that? That It was like a legitimate stage. Yeah, yeah, you were playing on the stage. It was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. When you were on the one of the sidelines, even though there was still, you know, probably like 10 feet of court between the out-of-bounds and like if you fall off the stage, but you literally felt like you were going to fall off into the front row of people. That's what it felt like. You were going to fall off the stage. It's horrible. Did any, has anybody ever fallen off that stage? It's a great, it's <laughs> a great trivia question. Out of bounds, like- you dive into the seats. <laughs> Ten foot fall. Let's. I, I assume. I'm. Ass, I'm assuming they've redone that at this point. But man, that oh, was that yeah, was unique. Sure. That was unique. Hey, by the way, shouts out to Currency for sponsoring this this long distance coffee pod. You got any coffee? You drinking water this morning? What do you get? Your tea? What you got going over there, dude? I I just I got the continental breakfast at uh, at the Hilton I'm staying at on the interstate here by North Platte. So they had I had eggs. I had uh, English muffin with peanut butter and honey and a banana and oatmeal. Okay, that's so, I mean, pretty good. I, I went down the continental and was like, made myself at home. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, okay, kind of great. They got they had a little gym there, so I woke. Yeah, I slept in a little bit, got a little like workout on the road, and then uh, grabbed the continental breakfast. You know, said hi to some folks Look down at the you. lobby. I mean, it was kind of great. This is fantastic. <laughs> So, by the way, so for people that don't know, Bo mentioned he goes to the hospital there. Bo is in medical sales, so that's why I'm sure a lot of people are like, why is Bo in North Platte by himself the day before Thanksgiving? Work. You had to go do some work stuff. That's why you're there. Yep. That's, that is is why you're there. Uh, are we ready? So t- on today's today's pod, we're going to freak out. We're just going to freak out and and try to figure out what's going on with this coach search. As I think I calculate, I think we're on day 73 of the coach search, Frost was fired on September 11th. It has been 70 plus days. Wow. So wow. anxiety does, is high. It does feel like a long time since Frost was fired. Yes. I mean, it really does. I mean, at this point, they're like, trivia time. Who coached first, Bob Devaney or Scott Frost? I'm like, okay, uh, <laughs> Ooh, tough one. Well, it would have been Frost, I think, but I don't know. No, it, it's, it feels like it's been a long time. Uh so we're gonna we'll, we'll talk a little Iowa at the end, maybe a little Thanksgiving stuff as well, and uh, and we'll get people on on their way as they're probably driving around to family stuff and and whatnot for Thanksgiving. But can we address these rumors? 
I heard it was a dance. <laughs> oh, I've heard. I've I've gotten a few tweets from people that have just been uh been fantastic. There was one. I'm gonna butcher it. Was that? Did you hear the one about Urban? I heard he cannot fail. Except they found him grinding on some chicks down at the rail. rail. (laughs) Oh, that's great! So that one, that was fantastic. I I gotta pull. I someone tweeted at me. Anytime you work in the rail, I am I am going to be a fan. Here's you're you're a true Nebraska knight if you you uh, you know exactly what you are what you are doing if you're working in the rail. Where did this guy's tweet go? This one was I enjoyed. It's really kind of silly, but it's but it was worth okay it, matt tweeted at me said did you hear the one about luke i heard he hold on. did you hear the one about luke i heard he was seen at misty's not the one from star wars but the one who lives in cincy which is great again i love it so keep the rumors coming where we got like a couple more days of rumors um okay so let this i want to dive into the coach search bo okay. we got a couple of names that have come off the board one of which was going to be my – he was my pick of who I thought was going to be the next head coach, and that's Lance Leipold. So we're taping this on a Wednesday morning. On Tuesday night, it, the story broke that Lance Leipold has signed a contract extension, I believe through 2029, for him to remain at KU, which – I think I think that everybody's anxiety level was high. I, for some reason, I think Leipold signing an extension made everybody really go, "Whoa, this is a little nerve wracking right now." Uh, I would say by Sunday, I was kind of convinced it was by Sunday night. I was like, "I think it's Leipold." Yes. I just had a I had a feeling it was Leipold. So this has thrown me into a bit of a tailspin. I'm going, "Oh, oh, if it's not Leipold, like." Where, where are we at? You know, like, right. holy moly. Yes. Because I thought, you know, you heard a little scuttle from the people down in Kansas that, oh, that, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's there's talk about Leipold getting extension. And we, you know, we kind of thought, oh, that's that's a sign that, you know, Nebraska's probably got him locked or something, right? But, yes. Yeah, they had him, though. It's, it's nuts. Yes. And so, again, you don't know. And Mitch Sherman even tweeted something about this. Did, yeah. you know, something to the extent I don't have the tweet in front of me of like, did did Leipold turn down Nebraska or did Leipold get word that Nebraska is going in another direction? He thinks it's the latter. Now, who who knows for sure? I just know a week ago, the, the feeling down from a couple of people that I talked to in Lawrence was that Lance Leipold was going to Nebraska. So I, I think that makes sense if there was two or three candidates and Leipold was up there. And he wasn't certain. Um, I say that because, like, I, I think it was more that Nebraska moved on from Lance, just because. Well, one, you know, they, they've they haven't won the their last like four or five games, which I think has really hurt his stock in this. But it's also I don't see Lance being a former Nebraska assistant and a, a former coach at UNO uh, turning down Nebraska. I mean, he's the guy that's got the Nebraska pedigree. And I think it's a lot. It'd be really hard for him to turn down more money and uh, a job at Nebraska. I agree. I I think it was more Nebraska moved on from Lance potentially. I always felt like, and this is kind of what you're getting at. I always felt like of all the names that were out there, the one dude that I felt confident would would say yes to Nebraska 
was Leipold. Like, I wasn't sure on Rule or Aranda or even Matt Campbell or Kleiman or whoever. Like, I could see there was a world in which those people said no to Nebraska. I may have disagreed with it or whatever, but Leipold was the one guy that I always just felt like Lance Leipold was always, because it was going to be, you know, he could have, like, tripled his money, maybe even more than that. And, you know, like you said, he's got the Nebraska tie. So, it, but Leipold coming off the board is the most is the biggest name coming off the board that you go ooh ooh okay Trent yeah. better have a plan here better have someone yeah. in place uh, the other guy Mark Stoops we talked about him a little bit at Kentucky he signed an extension with with Kentucky so I don't know if he ever got more than a mention um, but he's off the board now too I I don't yeah. that one didn't bother me as much in terms of my anxiety going up. But it's just a name yeah. off the board. Yeah, it's another one. Every every coach off the board sort of limits the option and puts us in more competition with other schools, especially in the next week where the the firings are going to start happening. You know, yes. like there's always a wave after this week that you just go, man, like you know, you lose the rivalry game and that's it, you're out. Right? Yeah. That that happens a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I uh, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting week for. Now, like especially with the light poles coming off the board, like we're getting we're getting to crunch time here. Well, it's just amazing. I- imagine what it put yourself in Trev's shoes right now, and imagine what it would feel like if you felt like you had something done, and then at the last minute, it falls apart. Oof. Like, and th- I mean, there's that's possible, <laughs> you know, and that that's why that the. You hope, you hope whoever Nebraska has, they got it locked in right now. They got a contract signed just because like the, the longer this thing goes, the better there, there are chances somebody gets cold feet, they change their mind, or another job opens up. Like Who would have thought all of a sudden last year uh, USC would open up and Oklahoma would – or not USC, but Lincoln yeah. Riley would go to Oklahoma and then all of a sudden Oklahoma's up. But like weird things happen, man. So – yeah. Uh, Two new names on the board have have surfaced. One is a new name on this pod. It's a name that has been thrown out there over the course of the whole coaching search that for whatever reason, shame on me, since I'm, I guess, the quarterback of this pod a little bit, for not for not talking about this guy more. But the name that a lot of people have thrown out there as as a major finalist is Dave Doran, the NC State coach that even Dan Wolken, USA Today college football guy, he tweeted last night, hey, Husker fans, how do you feel about Dave Dorn? Now, maybe that's his little way of being like, I'm hearing it's, it, that's what's happening. So for people that don't know, Dorn's at NC State. He won seven games. He's won seven games a year at NC State. His resume, boy, I will say, is better than I thought when you really look at it. So he's a Wisconsin defensive coordinator and linebackers coach from 2006 to 2010, and they won a lot of games during that stretch. He then was the Northern Illinois head coach for two years. His record at Northern Illinois, he went 11-3 and and then 12-1. and And then now he's been at NC State, like I said, for 10 years. Here is record year by year at NC State, okay? He went 3-9, and 8-5, and 7-6, and 7-6, and 9-4, and 9-4, and 4-8, and 8-4, and 9-3, and, and this year he is 7-4. and four. One of those nine-win seasons, he won his, uh, the ACC division. Uh, his, he makes 3.25 mil a year. What are your, what's your, your gut reaction to Dave Doran? 
sort of a, a, a guy that's flown under the radar just in my like personal knowledge of him. Like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at his, at his, you know, history here and yeah, he's been a head coach here for since 2013 in NC state. It's showing that, is he not, is he never won the con? He's never won the conference. He won the, his division, the ACC Coastal or whatever, whichever one that gotcha. would be. So, but he's been dealing with a really good with a good uh, Clemson squad there, right? And um, you know, I mean, well, he coached those linebackers at Kansas who were really good for a few years, so that's good to know. Those I remember those defenses. He had some good defenses at Kansas from that o two to o five. They really like they started playing a lot better football, right? Um, so I. It kind of gives me a sense of like, okay, he was the DC in 05. Like, yeah, I know what they did, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know how they played. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that's flown under the radar. Like, NC State gets no, like, I just feel like they get no national pub. Right. And and no. that and that may not be a you can't hold that against him, you know? Like, but it's also there could be a reason a team like NC State doesn't get a lot of national run. I just feel like I, I'm my hesitancy with Doran is is. Uh, kind of like we talked about rule. It's it's a lack of not having a great feel for him. Yeah. Um, I do worry about now he is. I mean, I don't know. I, I wrote down fit with a question mark, but at the same time, when you look at his resume, you know, he's, he's coached. He was at Kansas. Like you said, he was at Wisconsin. Like you said, he was at Northern Illinois. He graduated from Drake university, which is in Des Moines. Um, yeah. So I don't know. He's one of those guys. The more you, you know, if this was a dating show, this chick's not your first choice. But all of a sudden, you go, you go, you go have a couple drinks with her, and you're like, "Damn, I'm kind of vibing with this chick right now." You know, like <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like to me. I'm getting okay, drunk. With is, Dave how, how many drinks did it take? How many drinks before you were ready to start talking to this Doran? Girl? I think it was. I think Dave Doran and I were. It was last call, and I was like, "I love you, Dave. I want to hey, go home with Dave, you." Guess what? You. Great I think dude. you should move to Nebraska. What do you think about that? Why don't you just come home with me to Nebraska? We'll we'll coach the team together, me and you. That's what we'll do. I'll talk to Trev. You get the job. Just trust me. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I mean. <laughs> But the more the guys like Leipold come off the board and stuff, the more like a Dave Doran becomes real. And if you're Dave Doran, you're you're making three million dollars a year. You're going to be able to make significantly more money at Nebraska. You're going to be at a significantly better football program. You're going to be in a significantly better conference. And that's the thing. Also, the conference thing you and I maybe haven't talked enough about. The Dick Bob Podcast is powered by Peerless Energy Systems. You may hear a name like Peerless and think, man, that's an interesting name. Well, let me elaborate here. If you're the owner, Ed McMorrow was watching the 1998 Orange Bowl, Nebraska, Tennessee. And Peerless Price was a wide receiver for the Tennessee Volunteers. And he was asked about his name on the sidelines. And he said it meant, quote, without equal. So that model stuck with Ed. And when the company was launched in 1999, just a year later, he wanted to create a company that was without equal in the industry. So Peerless Energy Systems was born. Peerless is the Solaire authorized distributor for Nebraska and Iowa. They go to market via local distributors and make some of the best air compressors and ancillary compressed air equipment in the industry. Peerless has three core values. Reliable, dedicated, responsive. And that's exactly what you get when you get Peerless Energy Systems on your team. They are locally owned and operated. They have certified compressed air auditors on staff. They have a large local dedicated rental department and 
24-hour emergency response for service, parts, and rental equipment. Pretty good right there. So if you're in manufacturing, food processing, utilities, transportation, refineries, maybe you work in a body shop, car dealer, automotive, countertop makers, I could go on and on, but you get the point. For any air compressor needs, Peerless Energy Systems has you covered. Go to peerlessenergy.com. That's peerlessenergy.com. As much as I still feel like as this world progresses, there's going to be the haves and the have-nots in terms of conferences. And you better believe the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be the haves. And that's where, like, I'm, I'm, you know, a Dave Aranda, a Chris Kleiman, a Matt Campbell, you can feel all hunky-dory and cool in the Big 12 now, but who knows what the future holds. And in my opinion, to get into a 12-team playoff, you got to win the Big 12. In a 12-team playoff, you finish third or fourth in the Big 10, you might get in the playoff. It's a different world. But so I guess from my perspective, I could totally understand like Dave Doran would be a fool to me to turn down Nebraska. So we'll, we'll see, but he's a name that has surfaced now. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting one. That's, that to me is a sign. Cause like I said, it's not a on the surface fit, but it is like, if you dig a little deeper, you see the Kansas, you see the, the, the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin and then the Iowa roots that brings you like, I think for us, anytime we see somebody that has big 12, uh, coaching experience when Nebraska was in the Big 12 or, um, you know, big, big 10 coaching experience, you know, they understand at least the basics of like, here's how they play. Here's how they, you have to recruit there, right? Yes. Like if you, you coach at Kansas, you had to recruit Texas, right? So, I mean, these, these are the things that um, I think are going to be valuable for whoever can be the, the Nebraska coach is somebody that understands like, Okay, here's where you're at, and here's how it works there. Yes, totally agree. The other name that is new was reported by Mike Schaefer of 24-7 Sports, and this is a name that has come out of left field, and this is one that I am not – I am – I am – I'm not – I'm not vibing with this one, and that's Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall was the BYU head coach for 10 years. Then he was been at – he's been at Virginia. He was at Virginia for six years, and he got fired – at the end of last year, so he's been out of coaching for a year. But his record at Virginia was thirty-six and thirty-eight. So he had a losing record at Virginia. He went two and ten, six and seven, eight and five, nine and five, five and five, six and six. Uh, my, I'm real lukewarm on this one. I my concern is fit. I don't think he's got a great resume. He he was not very good at Virginia. He's got no natural ties to the Big Ten or the Midwest. He was born in Utah, spent most of his career on the West Coast. Uh, boy, I hope this is just some sort of bad rumor, but Bronco Mendenhall is another name that has all of a sudden surfaced. I, I just, to me, it's, it's, I'm looking at that resume at Virginia and you know what the BYU resume is fine. 10 and three, eight and five, eight yes. and five, eight and five, nine. But like, that's not like blow me away, re, uh, blow me away resume either. Like the Virginia one is the one that's probably most relevant to like, what you can do in the last, you know, handful of years, that's modern college football. Like he, it's an average record, right? Yes. It's, it's, there's a nine and five year and an eight and five year, but then he finished five and five, six and six and gets fired. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't get me excited, I guess. No, not at all. And so again, I don't know if we, I mean, I, I don't think we got to spend too much time on Mendenhall because I don't know how much I believe it, but I just wanted to report it as at this point, 
it's all hands on deck. You kind of it's. You, I feel silly to dismiss dismiss any name when people like Leipold and Stoops or whatever come off the board. I doubt it's Mendenhall. I think I think that would not get met with a whole lot of 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 praise from the fans. No, um, I mean, you, don't you take Mickey Joseph over Mendenhall at this point? I was just going to say one of the things, and I was going to get to it at the, at the end, but I, I think one of the good things about Mickey is Mickey is a great fallback plan for Trev. Like to me, if if a lot of your if Kleiman, Rule, Munkin, uh, like Luke Fickle, if all these guys turn you down, I would much rather see Mickey Joseph get the job than Bronco Mendenhall get the job, right? Yeah, don't you don't reach here. The, the thing that Mickey gives you the advantage of is don't reach. Do not reach for that coach that you don't you don't have full faith in, right? Like if you've got the guy and he's your guy. Okay, pull the trigger. But like don't ever reach now. If you got Mickey, don't reach. Like give Mickey a year or two to to try rather than reaching for like Nebraska the Nebraska fan base will it, it will get ugly if they make a bad I mean the, a Mike Riley-esque hire will yeah. not go down well. No. It won't. No. It won't. No. And the other thing I was thinking about too is do you think this will be I'd imagine this is going to be it's funny when you really think about it how most most ADs only get the opportunity to make one hire. I heard Michael Severe talk about this, and it's an interesting point. You know, like, think about it. Like, yeah. uh, Steve Peterson, one hire didn't work. He's out of there. Tom Osborne made one hire. He didn't get fired, but, you, I mean, he, only, he, he hired Polini. That was it. Sean Eichhorst hired Mike Riley. That was it. Bill Moose hired Scott Frost. That was it. Most of the time, as an athletic director, you get one swing at hiring a football coach, and if it doesn't work, you you're going down with the coach. I do. I think the one scenario where Trev could get a second crack at it. Do you think if he would hire Mickey? Like I feel like if you hire Mickey and Mickey doesn't work, there's something that, about that scenario that feels like they people would let would be like, you know what, Trev, you can step back to the betters box and swing again at someone. You know, because I, I do. Well, he, he he would have like it has to be almost known that it's like a year or two, like it's a year or two, like bridge to like see what Mickey can do, and or like and then like buying yourself time for like the right candidate for the right fit, right? Like, right. I mean, I, I think if you give Mickey the job, you have to really like support him and let him for sure do the thing, right? You got to let him coach. You can't tell him he's you're you're a stopgap, right? Right. It's like if you're giving him the job, you got to give him the job, but. It's also, uh, I think the point is like it, it would be accepted by the fans as like, as a okay, we we get it, we understand that like, you know, he, you know, this is this is like a a, a test run for Mickey. Yes. more than more than this year was almost. Right? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's one thing. I think fans would maybe understand, and and I don't think Trev would ever come out and say it, but I think Trev would. It would be understood because I do kind of feel like if it ends up being Mickey, and I don't mean this to to sound like negative towards Mickey, I do feel like if it ends up being Mickey, that signals to me that Trev got turned down by a lot of people, and yeah. so I think a lot of I think I think it would be understood amongst the fans like okay, rather than reach for a coach, Trev went with Mickey, and I and who can, everybody understand I think can understand that. Now you hope that Trev was a good enough salesman, and Nebraska has enough to offer that they're not getting turned down left and right. But yeah, you're right. Like I, I think you would have, if you do hire Mickey, you got to go all in on him. It can't be like a summer girlfriend. It can't be Stacy Carosi at Malibu Sands 
and you can't. And you got a Kapowski. Yeah, you you got to yeah. give. Oh, but you're saying you're looking for Kapowski. Kapowski's out there. <laughs> and you're saying Karosi, but Karosi's around for the summer. Karosi, I'm saying Stacy Karosi to, to Zach Morris. That was just a summer thing. And if Trev is Zach Morris, like, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, you're at Malibu saying Stacy Karosi looking good, boy. <laughs> I get all that. But. You know, you got to, like, this can't be a, hey, I'm going to go back to Bayside and I'm going to get back with Kapowski eventually here. Like, you know, uh, that, yeah. I mean, because then Kapowski is going to leave your ass. But, yeah, you got to find your Kapowski, not your Karosi. That would be my advice to Trev. <laughs> I mean, Nick, he, he'll he take that advice. He, I think he will. He's listening. He'll, he'll is take he, that. he would be of age. Do you think he? I'm trying to think of the timeline of his life. Do you think he's a little older? Is so he like too he was, old for Saved by the Bell? He was he was in college by the time Saved by the Bell was really yeah. full swing. So those it's like watching like you know a Nickelodeon show about teenagers right now. Like I mean, or when you're in college, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, you invite a chick over to your dorm and she walks in in 1992 and Saved by the Bell's on. She's like, I gotta go, Trips. Uh, oh no, I but, mean. Man, I don't know. Hey, hey, I don't know. I mean, they, they got to the college years by mid nineties, right? <laughs> the college, I never really got into the college years. Did you get into Saved by the Bell college years? I mean, I watched it because I was so damn invested in those guys. I was in on it. One of the uh, one of the Golic was Bob Golic. Bob, Bob, Bob was, like the, was he the RA? <laughs> yeah, he's like the RA. He'd come in and like give advice, and you're like, "What's Bob Golic doing here?" How did Bob Golick get that gig? That's so bizarre. I don't know. I oh, don't know. man. I, you know but, who we need for this role? Bob Golick. <laughs> <laughs> random. I mean, what a random decision. Oh, my God. That's too good. Oh, that's too good. By the way, would you say, I did write this down for like a pot I never got to, but we'll get back to coaches in a second. Was Kapowski your first celebrity crush growing up? Who was it? I have two names that come to mind for me. First oh, girl was Kapowski, probably for me. I, I know yours. I remember you talking about Cindy Crawford. Like it was. Yes, like going, I yeah. Uh, well, the other oh, Nick, Cindy Crawford. Trust me, I heard enough about Cindy Crawford. I know it's Cindy Crawford. Yeah, Cindy yeah. had it going on, boy. She kind of fell off a yeah. map. What happened to Cindy? She had that mole. She had that mole. Remember that, that little mole? Oh yeah, that. Was but then I loved how that you know you're hot when they're like it's not a mole, it's a beauty mark. If you're ugly, that's a mole. <laughs> that's amazing. Let me tell you, Nick, 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 on my head, I got a couple moles, dog. Dog, who are you talking mole. to? I got a mole. I got a mole on the forehead here. You know, I mean, they call that a beauty mark. Let they me call tell you, a... I got moles, guys. I don't got beauty marks. I got moles. Uh, then the other. I mean, let's be honest about the. I mean, you and I were huge Pamela Anderson fans. Yeah, well, I mean, it's amazing how early I was watching Baywatch. I mean, I could have been more than like eight, and I was like, Baywatch it is. <laughs> what a show, though. Can we be honest? That's a show. The show is absurd. I mean, totally absurd. They just, I mean, they're lifeguards on the beach. They would, someone would get into a, into a predicament. Most time they'd be drowning, and then they would just slow motion run to like some music, and then that would be it, right? And they'd like drive the the big the big boat they called the scarab the scarab and then they'd like they, the professional the guy named was Numi Michael Newman who's a real lifeguard so I was always like get him Numi Numi would dive in there and 
I mean, wow, what a great show. What a great show. <laughs> no, but Pam, Pam Anderson had it going on back in the day. Boy. Yeah, you can't lie. Can't lie about that. Uh, okay. Back to our regularly scheduled programming here about Trev. How we got on this? Oh, yeah. Trev needs to find his Kapowski, not his Stacey Carosi. That's how we got That's on right. it. That's right. That's how we got on it. Um, okay. I, I mean, I'm going to make one last, like, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, before you go into your final discussions, may I present to you Dave Aranda. How come people are not talking about Dave Aranda? Like, is it just, did Dave, is, I don't get, he's got no, he's, there's been nothing about him. Maybe the quiet nature of it is good. I, I'm just like, I feel like I am, I feel like I'm just talking to myself over here. What's going on? Nick, I don't know what it is. I, I think there's been so little speculation about Aranda that it doesn't mean it's not him. I just think it's like usually something gets out, right? Right. Usually, at least they're like, oh, Trev's talking or Baylor's, Baylor's you know, talking extensions with the like something should be coming out. And there's been nothing, which makes me feel like, Either Trev is doing such a good job keeping things buttoned up or like Aranda said no early or Trev just it wasn't the right fit for Trev, too. I don't get it. Again, I always felt like Aranda checked every box. And then the one secret box that he checked was the fact that he gave he was the one candidate that that would allow Mickey Joseph the best chance to stay on board because those two guys have history together. I just don't get it. I mean, to me, he would still be like he would probably be my number one guy. And the dude's just getting no run, man. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, but he's not getting any love. So I'd be at this point, I'd be very, very, very surprised if he got announced as the guy, right? Yeah, I would be. I would be. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Okay, final names. Not trying to copy Sam McEwen, but he he wrote a column on Monday and he he had his final eight. One of them was Leipold. He's off the board. So... I slid Doran in for the for the light pole spot. Here are the final eight names, eight candidates that I think are real candidates. This is in no like order, but you have Chris Kleiman, Kansas State, Matt Rule, Matt Campbell, Jeff Munkin, Bill O'Brien, Dave Doran. I'm gonna throw Luke Fickle in there because you feel a little fair. you feel a little I feel a little fickle stuff going on. Fickle. I feel a little fickle pickle going on. Uh, <laughs> Mickey, and then I'm gonna put Mickey at number eight. Yeah. You are you? I think that's the right. Those are the right coaching candidates. Um, the thing we gotta talk about though is 
as of yesterday, there's reports that Rule is off the board. Okay, um, but it's funny because we're hearing we're hearing multiple things, aren't we? Yes, yes. I've the 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 Rule thing has been like hot and heavy. There's been days where it's been like, oh, Matt Rule is so hot right now, and then there are days where it's like Matt Rule is not happening. Like it it, it kind of waffles back and forth. It seems like it was going to be Rule, then it has died down. I have heard some more things that it is going to be that that Matt Rule is still very much alive as a candidate. I my gut tells me that, that he is still it is still very possible. I still don't understand if it is him what the holdup is. Maybe at this point Trev is just trying to respect Mickey and the and the coaches to finish the season then announce it. But to me with the way this coaching world and coaching search can go, the second you get that thing done, announce it. Now, maybe maybe Matt Rule is signed already and it's done and you know you don't have to fully announce it. But yes, I'm hearing that I, I've heard a, a handful of things that Rule is still alive. Yeah, that's the part that, I, you know, is very surprising. If somebody, it's hard when some people says Rule flat out is out. Um, and then you circle back and hear that he's not. Um, he seemed like he's been the number one candidate we've heard from you know different different places you know lots of different people have said it's rule uh but we've also heard it's liable we've heard it's you know you name it but um it seems like the most people have said it's rule yes and gosh i just feel like with liopold signing that extension that is my signal that it's either we got somebody or signed or basically somebody's committed and we had to kind of back out of Leopold. I agree. The timing of Leopold's like if he wasn't, if it wasn't on the hook uh, for, for maybe going to Nebraska, maybe not. I don't think that extension gets done right now after, you know, after they just lost four games in a row or something. Right. I mean, that extension either gets done right after he wins the first five or it may be, you know, I don't, they probably need to sign him up anyway, but um I just think the timing of it tells me that the Leopold was probably in talks and then something changed. So I think something is done. I think it's done or almost done. Yeah, you know, you're right. I, I think the way you can look at the Leopold signing is not a freak out of, oh my God, Trev is, it's last call and Trev is, you know, it's, there's, he's going to go home alone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I always go there. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's last call, and it's nothing but dudes <laughs> in the bar, and Trev's like, oh, God, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, Lance Leipold said, I got to go to the bathroom, and then Lance Leipold just walked out of the bathroom, and Trev was like, oh, boy, you did it Some again, Trev. Some guy walked by, he's like, what are you doing, man? He's like, just waiting. Got Leipold in the bathroom. <laughs> going to hang out tonight. Maybe going to be my coach. <laughs> then Leipold ghosts him. Damn, damn. Uh, but you're, but no, you're right though. Like, I do think you can view the Leipold signing as Nebraska's got somebody. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know between Rule and Kleiman, who has not gotten an extension after his performance this year. Like, I look for the people that have gotten the extensions now. Obviously, like, may have been in talks in Nebraska, but the people that have not, that have that are like rising stars, like the like the Kleimans of the world. Like, you gotta think, man. Like. It seems to be hard that you're in you're in a state below us, you know, kicking butt in the Big Twelve, and Trev's not calling him. You know what I'm saying? Oh, mama, yes. I'm talking to him, right? Like talking to him, and and you know, I 
if anything, that's going to make Kleiman money from Kansas State. If he doesn't want to go to Nebraska or we don't want him, you can't tell me that they're not talking and that doesn't earn him some money. You know? I so, totally agree. Uh, I, I, the fact the, – the Leipold signing and the, the quiet things coming out of Manhattan, Kansas – are eyebrow raising. Yeah. That and yeah. and that would be if it is Chris Kleiman, your boy is gonna be I, I would for as much I still love Aranda, I think Chris Kleiman would be a I, I it's hard to call it I'm almost done. After I thought Frost was a home run hire, I'm not gonna I'm gonna retire the word home run hire for a while. This is this is an in, it is a stand up triple. I yeah. think Chris Kleiman is a stand up triple. Yeah, Kleiman has won as a head coach. Um, you know, obviously at, at, at North uh, Dakota State. North, North Dakota State, but like he, he was winning championships there, like championship pedigree. And then he goes to Kansas State and takes that program and wins there. Like that transition shows something extra that you can transition from one level to the next. And then for, from, for us, it'd be from Big 12 to Big 10, which, you know, I don't think it's fair to say it's it's a huge step step up the Big Ten West from the Big Twelve. Like I don't no. think that's fair, right. but it's also a different league. Like you can go to a different league and and still win, right? You're a program builder. I think Kleiman, of all the people on the board, I think he probably feels like the most proven program builder now to me. I mean, I, I don't want to disparage Rule. He's done it a few different places. The, the problem is, is it, like it didn't work in the NFL. That's where I like that's the only downgrade right now on Rule, but. Um, rule also brings a lot of a lot of positives uh, though I, I think people speak highly of him the people that know the game they don't look down on rule at all you know yeah. so that's where I think there's something to rule that we might not know just because he's not in our you know as close to us as maybe a, a Kleiman's been I think Kleiman is the best candidate still on the board that's I wouldn't mean. be I wouldn't be disappointed with Kleiman. I, I like you said. I think he's the be, I think he is the best program builder. He would be the best fit at Nebraska. He's done it in that he can recruit the Midwest. He knows how to develop. Uh, I I think Kleiman is the is and w- the most realistic dude on the board. The the, the most realistic. I think I think the difference between him and Rule is like I think Kleiman is is if we're talking fit. There's nobody that seems like a better fit than him, maybe. Yes. Uh, where a guy like Rule, though, you know, he's got the he's got the Texas connections, and you made a great point. You said something that like you heard that all the Texas high school coaches, yep. like their favorite guy was Matt was Rule, Matt Rule, which to me was like a great sign. And also, I think Matt Rule's a more nationally known name, and I think Matt Rule's a better recruiter. I mean, Matt Rule can recruit. I think that's what he's done pretty well. Um, so I think that you're kind of getting different things with them. I think they're both good candidates. Um, I mean, at this point I would, I would, I would be fine with either, Yes. but, uh, I think like the climate's probably a better fit. Matt rules probably maybe has a higher like recruiting ceiling. Is that probably the way? I, yeah, I, say he I can, could see that build a program. Right. Do you, okay. Who is, let's get into prediction time of, of not necessarily who who we want, but who do you feel like if you had to go like one, two, three of most likely 
and this is coming from two dudes that I mean, we don't. It's we not don't like we're, we don't know. But who would you, if you had to slot one, two, three? Who do you feel like are the three most likely in order of of getting the job as we sit here on Wednesday morning? Um, I mean, Leopold would have been number one. That's how it was for me yesterday morning. Yep. So it would have been Leopold. So now I'm going back to rule as number one, climbing two, and I, I want to say your boy Dave Aranda, but I just don't think so. I actually think a hire like Bill O'Brien gets made bef- before Aranda right now. Right. I I'm going to go one, two, three. Even though O'Brien, I mean, I don't feel like there's been as much talk about O'Brien. I just think, though, he is a – if we're going for name recognition, he has that. And I feel like sometimes that plays a part when you need to make a splash that I think O'Brien gets a leg up on the competition with that. Like he's he's coached in the pros, Penn State, yep, uh, and now Alabama. Alabama under Saban, right? So it's like, okay, I think I'm putting O'Brien at number three. So – Rule, climbing, climbing, O'Brien. That's one, two, three for me. Who's I, your Who's your three? I'm going. I am going to go climbing at one. Okay. And maybe maybe my my. You know, my heart has overtaken my body and and is it, it's behind the wheel right now. It's like no, we're going to climb. Yeah. But <laughs> so I'm going to go climbing one. I think Matt rules two. After after I think after those two, I don't feel great about predicting anybody because I don't feel great yeah. about saying Bill O'Brien. I don't say I don't feel great about saying Matt Campbell. I do think it's interesting that Matt Campbell's name, despite a bad season, his name has never gone away. And Dirk yeah. made this point. I think it was Dirk that made this point. Trev, keep in mind, Trev's had about a year to think about this. Because yeah. even when you extend, you know, you restructure and you bring back Frost. You better believe Trev starts to go. Okay, well, if this goes south, Here's my top ten. Yes, like who I need to I need to start really thinking about who this who I want. So I, I I'm not going to put Campbell at that that number three spot, but I just I think it's interesting that his name's not died down. I am going to go a little bit off the board and go God Country Option and Jeff Munkin at three. I'm going to go climbing one. Oh, I would love it. Again, maybe my heart my heart has gotten behind the wheel of Nick Baugh's mouth right now. I know. I mean, first of all, I, I mean, we, we kind of fell in love with the idea of Munkin. But, you know, I've also – I think we talked about this, like there's no guarantee he would run the option, which is like kind of like that break my yeah, heart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that know? would kind of break my heart too. Like he comes and he does – he's like, they're going to run – we're going to shotgun throw it. You're like, oh, Jeff. What happened to God country oh, option? We had it all. What there? happened? Yeah. You're a typical uh, politician with all these empty promises. That's what you are. You promised you would get into Washington and change it, and now you're not running the option. You promised us God country yeah. option, and you left out one part. <laughs> so I'm going climbing, rule, Munkin. But there, but it's amazing how much I, I don't feel good about all like. I don't know. I also- here's 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 why Kleiman's not one for me. Here's why. Um, the reason why he very well could have been is because he's making like three the three point five million bucks a year, uh, and we can lock and load. You know, yes, you know, six Trip- to nine yes. easy, right? So you can double or triple his salary. Like you can't tell me he's that wouldn't like at least 
ruffle his feathers so much he demand can't stay pay him right but the downside to him is he's got his ad there like yes. the same guy from from north Dakota states there that is the only reason why Kleiman slipped two for me as i go man yep the fit seems right but he's a guy that's in a place where uh i think he's it's it's be hard for him to walk away from his guy. I agree that that's my number one Three million extra dollars. Though. That's yeah, well, I mean, and, I mean, Bruce Ra- Dana Altman and Bruce Rasmussen are best friends. Like they are. If you ask Dana who's your best friend, he would say Bruce Rasmussen. And Dana left him to go to Oregon. Like I mean, that's kind of business. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm with you. Like my biggest hesitancy on climbing is the Gene Taylor AD factor. Like I think that would be the number one reason climbing would turn it down is because but I'm not leaving my guy. Still, like. Still, like, if they don't pay him, he'll leave. Like, to me, it's like, okay, instead of Nebraska giving you eight, Kansas State's got to give you seven, right? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe they can't pay him as, as much, but if it's close and he wants to be with stay there, that's one thing. If it's us offering him eight million and they're going to offer him three, like, he's coming to Nebraska, you know? like I would think so. You're not turning down eight million for ten years. Right. I agree. That that I agree. So you're going rule, climbing, and Bill O'Brien, and I'm going climbing rule, God country option. God country option. I will say there's a part of me that wanted to go climbing, like rule climbing one, two, and then put Mickey at three. Because there's a part of me that feels like if it's not one of those two guys, it's going to be Mickey. But who well, knows? Let, let's, let me ask you this. So if it's not rule and if it's not climbing, and let's say the choice is between you can get O'Brien and you can get Munkin and you got Mickey – does Trev go? Do you think that O'Brien and Munkin wouldn't are, are not like quote unquote offerable or like no? I mean, in terms of like it, it, it's not worth doing or I. There, there are things that even for as much as I love God Country Option, there are things about me never been at a never been a head coach at the Power Five level that's concerning. There, there is as yeah. much as we love the option, there is a little bit like okay, is he seriously gonna like? Are we going to be that program that runs the option in 2022? You know what I mean? Like, are you? You know, yeah. that's a big. That's a big step. Um. So there. So there just are things that are. There's a, There's things that that are that make me drag my feet with Munkin, and then with O'Brien. There just. Yeah. I think O'Brien wants to throw it. I think O'Brien wants to throw that thing around the yard. That makes me a little concerned. Um. No, I don't think those guys are unhirable, but I think there could be a bunch of different circumstances at play that make Trev go, you know what, Mickey, maybe he brings in Vance, his brother, and whatever. Like, I don't know. This is a really complicated deal. Really complicated. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to, to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is, what's popping? Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough. Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly wanting to get it popping. Great for a snack, great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth and you are set. All I got to say 
is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. Well, uh, it's tough. Uh, my hope is that it's already locked up because the worst-case scenario is that Friday comes, Saturday comes, and we're probably not hearing anything until Sunday anyway, or like Saturday night they'll basically let it leak. But um, Sunday's going to come there. You expect an announcement. Yes. If Sunday comes yes. and they say we're still we're still looking, we're still uh, in the process, we got more people we want to interview, and if that's the message, um, it's that that's going to feel very rough to me. Yes. You know what I mean? That's going to tell yes. me. We fired a coach in September, and we don't have a guy that ready to go for recruiting season. Like in the guy that we want, it feels like man, wow. I so that's a big that'd be a big letdown to me. Yes, if, if so that because you read my mind, I'm getting into the timeline of this thing. I think the most likely day that we hear an official announcement is Sunday. I think it is the day after the final Saturday of the regular season. My guess is, here's something Sunday, press conference Monday, off and running. But the only thing is this. If it's Chris Kleiman, if Kansas State beats Kansas this weekend, which they're probably going to, Kansas State is going to play in the Big 12 championship game. That is next Saturday, a week from Saturday, December 3rd. Then it would maybe wait have a hard time feeling like you would announce that and then – because that's not fair to climb in and that team. You know what I mean? Like you'd want to, yeah. out of respect for them, to, to not have it leak. The other thing is that even if it's like a Luke Fickle, they could be in the AAC conference title game. That's not till December 3rd. So it would have, yeah. to, have to wait. Dudes like Matt Campbell, uh, Matt Rule, Jeff Munkin. I even think Bill O'Brien, even though he – you know, Bama's season would still be alive and all that stuff. He's not the head coach. You could announce those right away. I, I guess what I, I say all that to say that if it's Chris Kleiman, there's a world where we don't hear anything all next week, which becomes mm. would make people really nervous. But if you got Kleiman locked up, then you got Kleiman locked up. I don't know. I don't know how you would navigate that. You see what I'm getting at? Well, if you got him, if you got him, you got him. I mean, the important thing is you got him, and it's going to hurt recruiting for a week. But um, I think, um, uh, yeah, I think I think that's you know maybe if you're Trev, you got to be careful, right? You, you don't want to say who it is, but you can maybe hint like we're, we're pretty close. Uh, we just timelines are going to dictate we got to keep our mouths quiet for a little bit, and it's like people can speculate all they want. <laughs> But, right. You know, It'd be, it's it's like, going to be really hard for tough, that thing to not leak. One for yes, that's going to be really hard for that thing to not leak for that entire week. And for the right, I actually don't think, I don't know if we're going to hear from Trev. I think the next time we hear from Trev, he's going to be at a podium announcing who the next head coach is. That's my guess. Too. I think that's, and that's probably the right, the right move. I mean, unless, if we hear from him again and it's not the name of the coach, it's, it's because he's probably, Something's gone terribly wrong. Calm, something's gone bad, and he's calming Husker Nation down. Like, hey, just so you know, like, it's either like, you know, like relax, things are things are looking good, blah blah right. blah, or you know, or like this is a process, and then he's you know he's trying to sell that that uh, everything's you okay. Know, they're still working on it, and they're going to find somebody, which would be 
that'd be the worst news. But I think most likely it'd just be like calming down Husker Nation, like, hey, we we we're we're good to go here or something. You know. Any any final thought on the coach search before we get into Iowa for a second? I mean, I feel like we kind of covered it all. Even though I, I don't even know, we've spent forty minutes talking about God knows what. I don't know if we provided any clarity. I don't know. Like that's it's amazing that we're this close and it, it's still really up in the air. It's amazing. I think it is, but you know. Life pulled off the board. Matt Rule kind of back and forth. Like the conviction of Matt Rule is not maybe. It's it's like people say he's out or it's him. You know, it's like it's not, that's where I'm like, whoa. Yeah, like, you're right. Okay, you're right. Uh, yeah, there's no middle ground. People are like, he ain't taking Nebraska. People are like, it's done. It's him. That's a pretty wide range. Yeah. So. so that's why it's been a weird 24 hours. But yeah, no, I think we've we've covered most of it. Okay, before we get into the Iowa game, got to tell you about Go Currency. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get up to loans for up to $500,000 with little or no money down in terms of up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application, and the Currency Finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, DBA, currency pursuant to CFL, license 60DBO-54873. All right, my friend, Black Friday, Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa City at Kinnick. Um, two of the worst offenses in America going at it. The ratings are going to be through the roof for this one. Do you like punting? Do you like third and longs that got no chance? Well, do I got a game for you? It's Nebraska, Iowa, <laughs> next on Fox. And this game's going to be not good, right? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, here's, here's what I'll say. I mean, we got Casey Thompson. Like, we can't run the ball, but we, we should be able to throw it a little bit, you know, but um, <laughs> uh, Maybe I'm trying to convince myself that it's going to be a good, a, a good, a better performance or something. But well, yeah, I mean, it's it's just you're talking about. I mean, Iowa is has been even in the midst of their winning, their offense has still just been atrocious. Uh, I mean, their their defense essentially either scores or sets up their score. Right. Like, the, I mean, their defense has been really good, just in terms of like keeping them in games and helping them win games. Um, so like they're a good football team, but just like a really bad offense though. It's kind I mean, of like, it's amazing how much they compensate for yes. one side of the ball. The spread is 10 and a half and the total is 38 and a half. So, uh, I, for me, I just look at it and I'm like, you know, Iowa's got the, if they win this game, they're going to the big 10 title. They win the big 10 championship game. They win the West. So yeah. I was going to be locked in. Um, to me, they're not good enough to run away. Off, it, it, they're they're not good enough offensively to just blow you away. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be really surprised if it's like, you know, it's a forty-one to six game or something. Like that. I just don't think Iowa is capable of scoring that many points. And especially, I think Nebraska's defense, it, while they're not world beaters, they've shown they've shown us over the course of the last four or five games, like. They're gonna fight and hang in there and make it tough. I think that's kind of been your whole thing. Is like they've made it tough and made you made teams earn it, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's what they got to do again. Make Iowa earn it. Like I said, the, Iowa has been bad. Um, so making a bad offense earn it is should play right into your hands. Now, the question is, can we score and can we score early? Um, that's our team. If we don't score early, like we're never even in the game. So like we kind of have to get out to early, like to early leads and early points to have a chance. So I think that's going to be the tale of the game is like, can our offense get the thing going early to get a lead? Cause then it's like, cause otherwise we're going to play right into Iowa's game. It's just, they can just be slow and run the ball and play D and uh, that will be game set match. Yeah. If, if we're playing into that same formula, we played into too many times. It's game set match. So let's like we gotta get out to an early lead and try to change that flow. Like make Iowa open it up a little bit. Like they don't want to do that. They absolutely don't. Um, so we we kind of have to get a lead, I think. Yeah, I, I think for me, I think there's gonna be a one score game and Nebraska's gonna be in it in the fourth quarter, unless there are you know, Casey Thompson throws a pick six or there's a fumble that, that Iowa scoops and returns it to the 10 or a blocked punt that is at the doorstep. Meaning, like, as long as there, as long as Nebraska isn't having turnovers that lead to easy points for Iowa or special teams plays that lead to easy points for Iowa, I think Nebraska's defense is going to hang in there. Um, I don't I mean... I could see there's a world where I see it could be like 17 to 6 or 17 to 7. I'm going to say Nebraska hangs around. Iowa's defense is going to be too good though. I'll say 17 to 10 ish in that area Iowa wins. But Yeah, it's hard it's hard it's hard to think of Nebraska scoring 30 plus points. Just seems hard for us. Seems to do impossible. Right now. Seems just impossible. The way we're, we we just don't run the ball consistently. We don't protect consistently. So this inconsistent offense can give us you know, seemingly 14 to 17 points every game usually, but it just comes in spurts and there's no consistency. So then it's usually our defense just wears down and the other team overtake just by the end of the game. It's sort of been the formula. So like we need to find consistency or it is going to be another like seven point loss. Probably. Do you, do you think, I mean, Whipple understanding this is probably it for him and you even wonder if like is whip gonna you rip, wonder, rip, it's my last game. seriously i wonder i wonder if he has like the title of his playbook for this game he's like i got two of them which one you want yolo or fuck it <laughs> yeah. like you okay. want the yolo Here's you want the <laughs> i'd actually rather see him if he's gonna go out i'd say either for him, like, call the game plan as we've all wanted him to, like, very conservative, run, establish a run, finish game. Or if you're going to throw it, Whip, really throw it. Don't ever run it. I want 100 passes. I want 100. Uh, I want Whip to go out throwing it 100 times. Because you know what? At least then we're going to keep them on their toes, and they're going to be like, what is going on? Nebraska's throwing bombs every other play. You know what we haven't seen yet this year? Correct me if I'm wrong. Have we seen a trick play? Have we seen Maybe a one reverse? But have we, we seen like a have we seen a flea year. flicker or a flea flicker would be the worst? I mean, a flea flicker might get intercepted. The fl- the flick back to the quarterback with the way offensive line cannot protect like that ball might get picked off by Iowa. But a, a halfback pass, uh, you know, a a reverse no. pass. We have not seen. I kind of and that's surprising to me. I think. <laughs> I think we see – I think it's the YOLO playbook. 
I think there's going to be a, a trick player too. I think Whip is going to. I think Whip is like, you know what, man? This might. Who knows where Whip? I mean, he could get a job again, but like Whip's an older guy. You wonder if Whip's like, man, this could be. I, who knows where I'm going to be the next couple of years? Like, if this is my last with game knee? with that knee, yes. he might be like, screw it, screw it, I'm done. And if for my last game, your boy ain't gonna hand it to Anthony Grant 35 times and lose 10 to three. You know what I mean? I mean even though, even though I'd like that, uh, I, I, yeah, I think if he's gonna throw it, throw it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't kind of throw it with, really throw it. You know what's interesting too? I was thinking about this. We we all are ready to make excuses for Mickey playing the card of well this isn't his team. He didn't he didn't necessarily pick these guys. This isn't his culture. I mean, what is Mickey supposed to do, right? But yet we don't make those same excuses for Whip. It's just kind of interesting. Like with Whip, it's like it's as if Whip has been here the whole time, handpicked every one of these players, and has been a step, like coaching for five years here. It's just interesting to me how we like, and I get the difference of when you're calling plays and not calling plays, but nevertheless, it's interesting how we're a little inconsistent in, we'll make every excuse in the world for Mickey. It's not his team, blah, 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 but not for Whip. Uh, just a thought. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I think Whip it is like he, he gets to call the plays. I mean, Mickey's responsible though. And so, I mean, Nick, I think, I think we're holding Mickey responsible in the sense of like, the, that's the reason why he's not probably going to get the job. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah that's right. That, yeah, he did because he's responsible for W's. You know, like right. in the end, Mickey's responsible for the W's. Whip's responsible for that offense to, you know, be efficient, and they're not. And and so I think that's where, um, I think maybe we've been maybe a little overly critical of Whip. Right. Maybe that isn't fair, and maybe maybe we've been a little like I don't know, Mickey. Yeah. But it's also. Mickey's in a, a, a much different spot. Like Whip yes. is doing the job that Whip was brought in to do. Mickey was like tapped on his shoulder midway through the year and said, "Hey, you've been a receivers coach. Guess what? You're the head coach in Nebraska now. Like right. that's a big jump." Totally, totally agree. Totally agree. You know, I guess we're giving we're giving with Mickey or with Whip. We're mad with Mickey. We're not mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> What would you rather hear from your wife or your mom or your teacher? I, hey, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You're like, oh, that hurts. Oh, it hurts. That, that hurts. hurts. Yeah. That does hurt. But I, I do kind of, I think Whip's about to YOLO this bitch. I mean, maybe he should. Screw it. And, <laughs> and, and if you're, it. I think, I think it's going to be a little bit like, remember last year at Wisconsin after Frost fired half of his staff, they went to Wisconsin and Martin, they threw like, a million deep shots. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think Frost is kind of like, listen, man, I'm coming back. This season's lost. I just fired half my guys. I am just airing this bitch out. I yeah. I, I, I kind of think Whip's about to do the same thing. So, Trey Palmer, get ready. And I, if I don't see a trick play, I'm going to be very disappointed. I want to see yeah, some we, sort of trick play. It's a weird, good insight. We basically didn't have trick plays in our playbook. Which, for an offense that can't, you got to get gimmicky to like move the ball. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, Frost always kind of had like one or two gimmicks a game. That, right. That's the one thing I'll give Frost. He was good. He was good at that. Um, yeah, Whip. I think Whip. Uh, it, maybe that's the NFL thing where it's just like, yeah, like, yeah don't, don't do that shit. You just don't waste time with it or something. But yeah, like, it, wait, what know. do you think? Halfback pass. You're like, <laughs> save that for college, sissy boy. This is the NFL.
You know, I'm thinking drop back pass. <laughs> degree of difficulty an eleven. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I kind of hope. I mean, a part of me is like. I get that the smart thing to do would be to like uh, play it safe, hang in there, don't gift Iowa any points. But it's like, I mean, you're three and whatever. You're this is it. Like we're not playing for anything, Nick. We're just playing for pride. So go win the game. This is a game where it's like go spoil Iowa's season. Go just put them in a bad mood. You know. I agree. I agree. Uh, it'd be kind of a. It'd be a nice way to go out for these dudes. You know, like. It's been a rough year. They win. They beat Iowa. They spoil Iowa's chance. Now, there's probably a scenario where some other teams lose and Iowa would still go to the Big Ten title, but yeah. you know they lose their last home game or whatever. But and, and you know what? Like you know, for these players to get a win, finally beat Iowa. It's been however many years, eight right. years or something. Like this would be a that'd be a great thing for those kids, for those coaches, these coaches too. Like yes. the, the the coaches and the players, like get them a win, let them feel good. If they're even if they're not they're not back, it's like. Let them have that, you know, good experience to finish out their career. And I know it's not just this, it's not this simple, but would you rather go play super conservative and lose 13 to six or try to swing for the fences and lose 28 to six? I mean, we, I think we're okay. In my mind, is all I would, the best thing to do is play to win the game, just play to win. Okay. I just throw it out there. And I know it's not. I mean, I don't know if that's a – if you are going to give me the outcome, I'll take the less bad loss. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Um, like, I mean, you're already – it's kind of like you're playing 18 holes. You're already – you're going to shoot 100. The last hole is a par five. You can lay up. You can lay up or try to reach the green in two. It's like, I mean, fucking break out the three wood and try to breach the green in two. Okay, I'm not I'm not I'm not mad at that. I guess so it's like if you think the best chance of winning is airing it out and going for it, then do it. The, the, that's that's what I'd say. You say we, we cannot be conservative and, and effectively run the ball. We have to do it. Good. Then do it, but like just do the thing that's the gives the best chance to win. I hear you. I'm just I, I'm I'm kind of playing I'm playing classic like armchair like armchair quarterback. If I was coaching, I'd throw it every play. You know that. You want some action. You you're just thinking about a boring game. You're like, give me the action. I do not. Awesome. I do not want another. If I if if it's ten to if three. Whip calls you. Whip's been calling you, hasn't he? If Whip, Whip calls me, I would say Whip, you need to air that bitch out, dog. I mean, screw it. Who cares? I knew you, he got to you, Nick. He got I to knew me. Whip been calling you. He, he got, got to you. me. He got to me big time. Okay, what's the plan for Thanksgiving, dude? You know what's underrated challenges about Thanksgiving as you get older? Balancing going to multiple. Thanksgivings, like even even holidays in general, going to like you know you go oh we got to go to my wife's family and then we got to do this and we got to do that like that get, especially as you I don't know how it is with like Bell when your daughter now like then when you have your own family you kind of like you know what I want to have our own thing too you know like you get pulled in a lot of different directions that gets to be hard as you get older you know well you're trying to eat like two gigantic meals in the same day like I used to be able to do that now it's like my stomach's like dog like. This ain't going down good. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> right. I think I think to eat those double double turkey meals, you know? I think I think there's a lot of, you know, the number one sign you're getting old and then fill in the blank. Like I almost think one of the biggest signs is like I can't I can only eat certain things 
if I got nothing to do for the rest of the day or like like there's certain yeah. there are certain foods that are like gonna derail me and you, you know what I mean like you're gonna you're gonna feel like crap you're gonna you can't go do like I couldn't imagine being like I mean could you imagine going on a date and going to like famous Dave's <laughs> Got a sloppy face, like covered in barbecue sauce and ribs. corn cornbread, <laughs> crumbs everywhere. Do you imagine going going on a date, getting a rack of ribs, eating a couple cornbread muffins, and slamming a couple of Budweisers? You're gonna be you're gonna be covered in barbecue sauce, dead tired, so bloated. Even if Kapowski's like, "What do you want to do now?" I'd be like, "Oh, honey." I gotta drop you off. I gotta go home and I gotta. <laughs> I gotta go to bed. A nap or oh god, yeah. Because I mean, you eat a twelve, a, a full rack. I mean, think about it, you eat that full rack. I mean, you are done. Like you are sitting there. You're you, you flip open a button on your belt. And you're like, oh my god. Like, not very. It doesn't get very romantic after that. No, I'm, I'm always amazed. Like people, are like first date, first date, famous Dave's. I can't be. There can't be a large swath of people that are doing that. You know. Even even like the, the the bro thing to do is like me and the boys we're gonna get wings and beer and watch get like if I get if I eat a bunch of wings and drink beer I'm gonna be like I gotta go home. Oh yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, you might as well eat like small bowl of carrots and coffee. That's that's, that's you can your date. You got like eat something that's gonna give you gas and then you know you're gonna be just trying to go to bed. That's not good at all. Uh, Okay, so yeah, I don't got. I mean, you got any other Thanksgiving takes? Then we need to get out of here. No, no, I'm just. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Just a couple days. I think everybody just needs a couple days just to. Oh yeah. Like eat food and like not go on dates and just lay around and do nothing. <laughs> so there we go, people. That's the advice we're trying to give you. Great first dates, not famous Dave's. Okay. Not. Or Thanksgiving. Don't have a date post Thanksgiving dinner. You going over? Why do you always wear like an uncomfortable sweater to Thanksgiving? And you're gonna eat a bunch. You're gonna be hot. Don't do it. Don't do that. First time you go to your girlfriend's house for Thanksgiving, you're just like, why did I go with the cardigan and the khakis that are a little tight? You know, like ugh, you don't want to do that. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. It's brutal, you should, dude. You should arrive at Thanksgiving dinner in like loose sweats. I, I respect. It's so one like, thing I respect about Kim's family. Kim's family, my wife's family. They they're not. You know, people aren't like check it out. Brand new Prada jeans, a Gucci shirt. You know, everybody's just like, yep, here we go. And people are just wore this to famous Dave's last night. <laughs> Still wearing it. Oh my god, I love it. Okay. Uh well there I mean, we'll see what happens. Um next time we talk. It's crazy to think that potentially next time we talk. Do we we're gonna have to do one more game recap. Almost do we We're gonna have to pow out here. Friday, maybe Friday night. I'm gone Saturday, so Okay. Well look at you, Johnny Johnny Busy over here. Uh I know. Okay, well we'll because 
We'll have one more game recap, and then we're going to have to have the big pod of the announcement of whoever this coach is and just go and just chug Kool-Aid. Just completely Oh, yeah, the announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. we'll see yeah, yeah. what's going to happen. Okay, my friend, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, safe travels back uh, to, to Lincoln, and do not, do not stop and go on a date at Famous Dave's, okay? All right. 